Hello, everybody. Welcome to Branding Bud Live, the live stream that's 100% THC, 0% WTF. Every week we bring business people to talk about the business of cannabis. I'm David Palaszczuk, the founder of Branding Bud Consulting Group and the author of Branding Bud, the commercialization of cannabis, the first book on cannabis branding. And I'm here with my co-host, Adriana Hemans, um, an expert in marketing and uh, cannabis with over eight years in the cannabis industry. Hello, Adriana. How are you today? Hi, David. Hi. Super excited about today's show. I just want to mention a couple of things for people who may be joining us for the first time ever, that this is a highly interactive show. We like to describe it as productive distractions for the cannabis industry. So if you are listening in, watching in, please feel free to drop your comments, questions in the chat, or just say hi and introduce yourself, or tell us if you have any tips for what to buy for Secret Santa. Any and all interaction is welcome. Right on. I'm excited about today's show. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, everything from um, equity, um, commercialism, capitalism, cannabis, and how it all flows together. And our guest today is Time Ferris. He's the co-host of uh, the Queer in Cannabis podcast and the founder and CEO of the Pantheon Collective, a cannabis lifestyle brand forging the way for conscientious capitalism through cannabis. That's a mouthful. Um, and we're excited because he has done an awful lot, um, everything from being a leader in the cannabis industry across multiple states to being an LGBTQ um, activist. Um, and um, he has uh, participated in the cannabis industry for almost uh, two decades now across multiple states, which include Colorado, Massachusetts, Vermont, California. And now he's back in his home state, New York, uh, which is my home state too. So go New York. Um, and he's doing his thing upstate New York <clears throat> and in the city and, and really bringing um, uh, an activism uh, or activist approach uh, to the New York market, trying to make... Uh, make sure that the folks uh, in New York have learned from the states and, and the other things that are going through. I know, Adriana, you're super excited to talk about um, that as well. You've been sort of involved in, in a lot of conversations surrounding New York and what's taking place there. So we'll get to that in a bit. Let's bring out time. Hi, Hi time. time. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Super excited to, to be on here. Thanks for joining us. Despite the 16 degree weather in New York, I hope you're staying warm out there. And uh, just to kick us off, I would love to hear a little bit about you that you can share with our audience. Um, tell us about yourself and what you're passionate about. Sure. Um, I guess my, my, my biggest passion is cannabis and what I'm doing and building businesses and, and doing good. So I guess my almost my resume is my, my go to for that with telling people who I am. So I've been in the fashion retail world for years. I've cannabis space for almost two decades. Um, started off in the first of two medical programs out in Colorado. Um, and then since then went through the more regulated version, then had was there for Amendment 64, which I still say we beat Washington by about three minutes in being the first one uh, to have full adult use legalization. Some people differ. Um, but I've, I've really found my my home in all of this, in, in cannabis and, and this community, this industry, um, and feel that there's a lot of growing 
no pun intended, uh, still to be done and looking forward to be a, a part of that here in my home state. You, you know, it's funny, we're, we're both from New York and yet you were in Colorado and I was in Washington. So so we, the two New Yorkers might very much have different, differing opinions, but, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless excited to be, be part of that at that time, because um, that was pretty early on. Yeah, and it's, it's been great to watch it stumble and fall and succeed and, uh, you know, pick up momentum. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. I just want to call out, there's a couple of awesome people that are that are chiming in. Um, I see Hi, Jordan. Jordan. Hi, Anthony. Yep. And Jordan, you know, I was refraining from, from making comments about Time's name, but you, you had to do it, didn't you? Um, anyway, welcome, Anthony. Um, you know, time, I, you know, you've been an activist, you've, you've been involved in cannabis activism and entrepreneurship, as well as um, the LG, LG, LGBTQIA plus community. Um, you know, can, can you tell us how those are intertwined and or if they're intertwined at all? They're 127% intertwined, 420% even, um, largely because both of these, we're talking about fringes of society. We're talking about marginalized groups, um, whether it's LGBTQ plus or any other uh, minority-based group and what we have to do and, and being um, supportive of all each other. Uh, it's about unity of both, that our success is super intertwined um that one can't grow without the other um and i know we're going to be talking about social equity in a little bit but that is is one of the the points that i think is super important in all of that is all of our different marginalized groups whether it's cannabis smokers versus the norms or nons or lgbt or whatever it is that we've all been in these fights for so long to keep our heads above water and, and competitive with everyone's else. And obviously I'm, I'm low man on the totem pole as a white dude. Um, but as an LGBTQ plus person, I am, I definitely still exist in there um, as not always being held as a, an equal to my peers, um, especially in this space, especially as early as I came into the cannabis industry, you know, it's, we're finally, raising above those those brand norms of the dude bro culture um and when it was those beginning times it was it was not pleasant being the the only gay guy in the room of of everybody else um so i i've really found that rising up both is important that both of these using cannabis whether it be for a recreational purpose or whether it's for a medicinal reason, the fact that we we have this natural elements that we can all be benefiting from internally in our bodies as well as economically and as a society we can be benefiting from um, ends up being just as equally as important that we're breaking down these stigmas of all marginalized groups and especially again, the, the stuff that I do with LGBTQ plus activism. Um, right now, again, it's it's both the same battles. New York State has our our new social equity program. Again, it's it's something I just keep coming back to. I know it has a special part later on, but um, so you know we're we're going through and we're doing this. We're saying the names um, of the individuals that have been wronged by cannabis prohibition, um, and so 
I've been working with Park Strategies, had a lot of help getting our voice out from Marino PR, and working with uh, Senator Cooney and trying to get two bills passed to make sure that if we're going to say the names, if we're going to do it, you know, we've got 19 different states with some form of social equity program. Uh, only three of those uh, bother naming groups that were wrong. The rest of them kind of take a, a very calm backdoor approach to it and just meander on the edges of, of you know, economic disparity. Um, instead of saying that we had rules and laws that were put in place in a federal level to specifically attack marginal people. Um, so making sure that we get named with that. Sorry, all my stories are a lot longer winded than I ever intend when I start. Um, no, but... that's, that's no problem at all. But I just really want to call out something really quick, not to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. We'll definitely get back to this. But I think your dad just dropped a comment in the chat time. Ken Ferris, he wrote, time's name is from the Chambers Brothers song, Time Has Come Today. Yes, Thank that is my father. Us. Thanks, Dad. My family is always super supportive of any and everything that I do. And yes, that is that is where it comes from. I always uh, tell people I'm neither herbage nor physics. I'm a hybrid of the two. Uh, so not not the T-H-Y-M-E or the T-I-M-E. And, and yes, it was my father came up for, from the song Time Has Come Today from Chamber Brothers. I love that. Your dad's brilliant. I like to think so, too. So but going back to what you were saying and, and having a need to really like be specific in legislation and regulation and, and too often a lot is lost in, in it's being really vague. One example, of course, is like those laws about packaging, like what's appealing to children. If you don't define it and say what it is, then it's sort of a meaningless guideline. And it sounds like that similar things are happening um, on the social equity side, too. Yeah, I I see more momentum coming up with it. I see um, more states backpedaling and realizing, oh crap, I need to do something here that it's being brought to light. And um, it's turning into a real sticking point as it should be a hundred and again, 420%. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see the momentum come with it. But yeah, to closing that that loop on your very my very long winded answer. Um, that's how LGBTQ plus and cannabis are my intertwined uh, activism fortes. You, you know, thank you for that. You, you know, what's interesting too. I, I mean, there's I think there are big steps and small steps. And one of the things that just comes to mind really quickly is. Um, Recently, over the course of the last year and a half, two years, we were having the conversation both online and in the real world about the words cannabis versus marijuana. And what was interesting is we had called out on one of our shows that Washington state, as well as many other states, were using the word marijuana in their warning label. And Washington state actually changed the warning label to remove the word marijuana and use the word cannabis. And even though on some levels that's a very small step, the acknowledgement and the understanding of, of a, a state regulating body to, to change those small words, um, to make those little differences, that I think that leads to the, you know, the, the larger discussion of, of, of how cannabis leads back to equity and leads back to um, race and leads back to all the other things that, that it touches. Well, words matter tremendously. You know, it, it matters what words that we use when we talk to each other. It, it matters um, what words we choose to 
use frequently based on historical reference. Um, you know, as soon as something comes out of your mouth or goes down on paper or digitally, it, it matters then. It exists and it has been put out there for something other than just within your own headspace. And we need to all be remembering that, I think, a little bit more is the power of those words and the importance of, of saying the right ones and moving forward with that. So speaking about the power of words, could you define for us conscientious capitalism? Um, simply put, it's just do the freaking right thing, folks. Um, you know, it's about the fact capitalism has turned into this almost a dirty word for a lot of people right now, although it's also a, a foundation of which the United States is built on, right? And so why it's a dirty word is that we've allowed it to, instead of turning into something that uh, encourages competition and helps rise up and, and, and pushes forward, um, that it's going through and just breaking it all down. Um, so instead, with conscientious cannabis, we can still be profitable. We can still say that we're we're winning on that board game of capitalism to the top, but we don't have to have it happen at the expense of others. Um, and that goes from everything from uh, wage disparagement, the fact that a company can be worth millions of dollars, have a CEO that's making you know, millions of dollars, but it's still, when you look at the company as a whole, you you're, you feel of good conscience that there's that much of a difference, hundreds of thousands of percentages from what your base level employees that you're still using an archaic system, like minimum wage, um, to be just your, your start all um, and not taking look at one putting back into them. It's that continuation of the Reaganomics era and the trickle down that we all know does not work anymore, yet so many of us are still pounding, um, trying to say that we need to be doing that. We need to care about protecting Elon Musk's um, ability to pay taxes or what have you. Um, so we, we need to bring it back down to those basics. We need to think about our communities first. Um, instead of investing more in the stock market, if you are a profitable company, how about investing in a local business that's that's somewhere in your town that your dollar actually technically stretches further for you uh, on your investment and you still have a level of, 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 of oversight with it because it's there in your community? And how much do you see sales come up, especially when you're dealing in retail environments, when you change the conversation to being like, if I can bring more traffic to... Billy's thrift store over here and the restaurant over there, whatever it is, it's in my general geographic vicinity. That's all added foot traffic um, back into your own pocket um, and start thinking of profitability as far as how it comes as a result of doing good. Um, I think that's a real core of, of conscientious capitalism. Um, and I think cannabis is the perfect spot to, to really start to develop that. We're, we're, we're the baby industry as, as industries go. Um, I think maybe the, the only one that's toddler size compared to us would maybe be renewable energy sources. Um, you know, in, in these, these mega lists of other industries that have existed some since the dawn of time. Um, and we are coming out of this huge social stigma um, that we're building from now. 
that we have this opportunity that since we're already going to be regulated, let's start taking those regulations to the next level. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to call myself a New Yorker in seeing the, the amount of focus that New York State has put into that this is a social justice issue opening up this industry. Um, and that we have to do the right things. And I want us to take that further. I encourage all of us, we're not both anyone that is an entrepreneur or any type of employee, if you're involved in the cannabis industry directly with sales or in an ancillary level, um, you have a part of this and we can all be doing it better together. And if we succeed at that in the cannabis space, while we're under these 8 million uh, microscopes and everything else, how wonderful would it be if we can start pushing some of those those points when we say that it is as important to have a safety regulation and OSHA regulation as it is important to have safety guards to make sure that monopolies aren't dominating our industry and, and literally raping our people um, to find that that happy ground in, in the middle to, to, to do right by the businesses that we're creating. Mm -hmm. Very well said. And, and thank you for that perspective. It occurs to me too, that just by the very nature of how our system is currently set up, we have to be local. So that's another opportunity to like redefine the way we think about profitability and, and recommitting to our local, um, our local businesses. I want to jump right into our stat. Um, and I want to talk about the social equity program that we have going on in, in LA. And this is just an example of, um, Another audience participation thing that we want to encourage people to weigh in on. It's uh, meant to be interactive. It's a canna choice situation. So we'll shoot, we'll throw that slide up and we'll have uh, audience members guess along. What percentage of the people who were granted cannabis licenses in California in 2020 were equity applicants? Um, and this is from the LA Times, just some uh, background for you as you can go through and look at the answer choices. A, less than 33%, B, less than 21%, C, less than 13%, or D, less than 8%. And this article came out in <clears throat> January of 2021. We have one guess for D, less than 8%. A couple more Ds coming in, all right? Wow. We have some pessimistic audience members. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wow. Quadruple Ds. Boy. I think we have a consensus. We have a, a minion here. <laughs> so a time looking at this, is this, uh, well, would you care to take a guess? What do you think? I'm, I'm going to have to go with the masses and, and say D because that's how little faith I have in our equity programs that, mm -hmm. that we have rolling out and that we're working and the amount of focus that's on them. Mm-hmm. I should add too, and this is some good context for our conversation, that New York is planning to give 50% of their licenses to equity applicants. Do you think that they'll be able to pull it off? Um, I don't doubt that the, the number of folks will be there. Um, and especially some of the nice safeguards that came out with the November 21st uh, draft regulatory packets, uh, where they are putting some firm guardrails against um, the traditional MSOs, multi-state operators coming in and trying to just take over too quickly. Um, so I think that will allow for more people to jump in, but 
the program itself is is sloshing around a little bit, but I, I think that we're going to see at least a, a start to it. And then my my hope is is that if they can continue, if we can continue that after the MSOs are allowed to come through, um, is is the big question mark though still. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's important that um, we, the cannabis industry, as a marginalized group, don't marginalize within. <clears throat> you know, it, this shouldn't be a story about the marginalized marginalizing. You know, within their community, this should really be about understanding what's going on and supporting. Um, and 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 as you said earlier, learning within our community and taking that knowledge and that experience of working together to come together as a community, as an industry. Um, and really the truth is many communities and many industries coming together to build something, you know, bigger. Um, we talk about the cannabis industry, uh, you know, which means so many different things, you know, it, it can be plant touching, non-plant touching. Um, it's, it's truly massive. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but, but evidence shows, even right here, that that we we are marginalized. So we have seven guesses, and they're all for option D. I think we can go ahead and and show the answer, which it sounds like will not be super surprising to this group. It is indeed less than eight percent of the licenses granted in California in 2020 were equity applicants. This is from the LA Times. Thanks for guessing. Sorry, I didn't have a very tricky one for you today. Yeah, Adriana, you're normally <clears throat> really, really throw us off with uh, with your questions, but everybody. How um, much does that say about our country, though, that it was so that it was such an easy one that we didn't have to sit there and, and take a second of pause that uniformly right. everyone was like, oh, no, bottom of the barrel. That's where we're ranking in something that is super important. Good point. It's surprising that it's not surprising. We're kind of sad that it's not surprising. Right. Um, yeah, not surprising that we're all so cynical and pessimistic. Um, but uh, but on the brighter note, note on a brighter note, um, you know, time the Pantheon Collective is working with uh, a student in particular at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy to develop, um, you know, really a, a program for first-time cannabis users. And you know, so as we talk about equity. I think really close or certainly tied or bridged to this conversation is education as well. Um, could you talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, the program and specifically how it relates to first time cannabis consumers? Yeah, so it's a, a really fun project that we're, we're doing in the, the midst of trying to fundraise and prepare for an application and all that other free time. Um, but it, it's great. And it's it's great because of the story of how we got there, too. So I was speaking at a NECAN event in Albany. Um, and this young lady, Ashley Lasher, who is um, finishing up her program in the uh, Cannabis Pharmaceutical Sciences program in Maryland, and she she saw me speak she really loved it she has this her capstone project with this that they're expanding on and it turns out that her family is from the little town of boonville that i am from so uh just goes to show that fate sometimes just is meant to intertwine folks um but anyway we're working on this great project really gearing it um towards coming up with a more universal tool to be used um, across uh, platforms and people and businesses and whatever 
uh, specific in the cannabis industry, uh, and with a, a primary focus on, on first-time users or at least first-time entering into a dispensary um, and, and really focused because she is in a medical program on, on that medical aspects. Um, we've, we've launched a couple surveys. We're developing this piece that will be um, both uh, a digital but also be tangible to cover the age gap um, to really pinpoint and make sure because, like you said, education is, is so critical in what we do. And one of the biggest things I, I, would, I would have to be honest about when we talk about education of, of cannabis and the cannabis industry as its, as its polar coasts is there is a, a massive drop on the East Coast um, from the majority of dispensaries that I, I at least personally have been to uh, or worked with um, in the amount of attention to education, the consistency of education of the individuals that are facing the consumer on a daily basis compared to West Coast, Colorado, California, you know, there, there was definitely, I mean, and, and a, your average bud tender or employee or salesperson that's there was like an evangelist over, over the topic and could tell you anything and everything. Um, and out here that people are excited, uh, but they're not taking that, that deep dive with that education component. Um, and that's a whole other topic that's that's easy to show because it's our our generational changes of these entrepreneurs um, from when we started that it was you know the happy hippies that came in that got the first few licenses under the first few programs and were just all about cannabis and, and what it was but had no business sense nor probably any right to be trying to operate a business because that just wasn't their swim lane. Uh, then there was the second generation folks that came through that were you know. Um, in the regulated market, uh, those of us that had some form of business background and were ready to make that jump both into something new uh, and to make something right. And then the past like 10 years, we've had this big uh, venture capital firm ownership lingering over us um, that has had benefits in a few small places, but the overwhelming majority of it has, has bastardized our industry and stripped that education component in the interest of, of turn and burn dollars. Um, and that's very evident because our, our West Coast ones, our Colorado or California that were established before, it's an experience to go into any one of those. And I'm, I, I know I'm going down a rabbit hole now. I, I apologize yet again. Um, no, don't but, apologize. I'm curious to know about this. Like, what, where do you see as the avenues for education? Obviously, it's very needed. And I don't think that there's any state that's like, our whole workforce is entirely educated. We're perfect. We're never going to say the wrong thing or give out medical advice. So I, there, I think there's always room to, like, you know, update our our information and knowledge. So I'm, I'm curious what you see as opportunities there and how we can do better. Well, for, for one, we need to expand on what's going on on the federal level. Thank you that we just finally passed federal um, ability for, for cannabis research programs. So that will, will definitely tip the hat because that is the core of a lot of the education issues for cannabis is the fact that there aren't enough reputable sources or at least maybe they've done you know, tens of thousands of different studies and written reports, but then there's so few people taking action on what is a, a very loaded uh, topic with cannabis and cannabinoids and its effects, everything from growing to the human body, um, that 
we, we need to be expanding, taking those deep dives, but without more research, without more peer reviews, now we can't validate those. So then we've got 10,000 reports out there, but after peer review, we would be down to just a few. So we need to get on top of that peer review first uh, and start creating that, that singularity of truth um, as far as what our facts are on cannabis. Once we have, once we have that more firmly established, um, then it's about putting that into those that are, are, are making up the industry, those baseline people put it into these executives, the ones that are, are pushing forward this as a, as a commodities industry overall. Um, and it's something that we all did when we were starting because we were trying to prove ourselves to these regulators to say, oh no, we're on top of our stuff. So there were some great programs that came out or have tried to come out from different companies in the beginning. Um, but that VC, that MSO grouping um, has been more focused on trying to have placeholders for licenses across the country, not caring until at least adult use hits them if they're at all profitable. So not putting any attention into those employees. They're not, they're not educating them and developing them into our next successive leaders in this industry. And New York is a, a, a huge eyesore for that in the fact that we never really launched our medical program that went legal back in 2014. We let a bunch of people go through the application process who immediately sold out to MSOs. Um, and then they sat with them. A majority of them didn't even start construction on their operations after like five and six years of holding that license. And then as we got closer and knew that the MRTA, the Marijuana Regulation Taxation Act that we just had passed here in New York last year, um, we were just not ready for that. Instead of building that foundation for medical, that should have been done. We should have already been getting rid of the stigmas from people on medical. We should have already, you know, had great customer training programs that could have been rolled into the rules and regs for this adult use program. But instead, we had a stagnant medical market. We had patients that were cheated out of their medicine, and yet we're still letting these people hold their licenses, which is criminal, but that's another story. Um, and we they just keep cutting out the education. And that's, that can be seen in Massachusetts, in Vermont, in, in, in every one of the states that it's not an experience. They're, they're, they're cookie cutter models. Um, you could be in one or the other and probably not know until you looked at your bag and saw the name that was on it. Um, it's just turned into that instead of being, dispensary should be a freaking magical place. I tell you what, like it should be a place where you can feel open and welcome that you can talk about medicinal issues as well as your mental health and everything in between. And West Coast rules at that. And I'm hoping that East Coast starts getting a little bit better. That's really you know? interesting. It sounds like what you're saying is that, sorry to cut you off, David, there's a lack of focus on education because of how we've shifted our focus to be more about just holding on to licenses and, and preparing for some future state. And then we're not sure if the, the information that we have is fully accurate. You know, yeah. I, I don't disagree with time with what you said at all. <clears throat> in fact, I agree with it. But one of the things that, that I've seen, again, being a New Yorker, living in Washington for 15 years and, you know, going to every, every legal state or medical state um, and seeing what's happening is 
it brings it brings back it brings me back to this one argument which which basically keeps on coming up which is intriguing so after i wrote my book branding bud the commercialization of cannabis everybody said or not everybody many cultivators that i spoke to said we don't need brands brands don't sell weed what what sells weed is weed and what i what i've said in my response back is and you used the word commodity a little while ago so let's talk about basic business and, and the you know basic economics right supply and demand well back in the day if your dealer came with one type of cannabis you would take whatever that dealer showed up with or or whatever was on offer um then at a certain point, perhaps it went, you know, there was brown and green and you had a choice, right? And then over the course of time, we've developed these dispensaries, which are now uh, offer choice. They're convenient, whether it's their location, whether it's their price, whether it's mul multiple products. But what's happened in that development is education has come because the brands are now trying to differentiate themselves and as the brands differentiate themselves from each other there's more education and and so i think that's what we're starting to see or we have seen in the evolution of the cannabis landscape brands education understanding and these ongoing conversations and i think they will get to the states you know that are first leveling up you know or and coming online but um and, and and i think those are the reasons too why these big mso's hold their licenses right because there's no need to um you know there's there's again there's not that much choice as soon as there is more choice there is more competition they'll have to differentiate themselves and once they do that they do that as part of what they do is is education so long story short i know we'll get there um but but i think there's some basic market dynamics which you know preclude us from getting there right away and um and and i think we'll be there but it will take time it will take time um i'm glad you brought like i love i, I i've read your book and i love the indies the outsiders the idealists and the traditionalists like breaking down that that cannabis consumer overall like that um i think speaks to also how we are going through and we're organizing um, these larger companies that they're 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 targeting those specifics and and that we're 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 changing that that narrative and that landscape I guess um, constantly and it's largely because of of equity programs and things like that that we're we're not just more and more people are saying not okay with how things are um, and I definitely agree brand development I, I keep telling people there's going to be a thousand people dropping in New York with new licenses but it's going to be your brand it's going to be your experience and it's about realizing that your brand is more than pretty colors your logo and some letters um that's a nice start but it's it's what is your identity what makes you different why is someone going to come into your space and that education will come right right and uh you know and and in differentiation as well which is which is again part of part of education. So we've been talking about a lot of serious topics, but I think we're going to switch gears and do a little game, Puffer Pass, which is also a fun one for our audience to uh, play along with. So David, I'll let you explain what the game is. Well, the game is pretty simple and it happens really fast. So it's called Puffer Pass. Adriana is going to throw out 
12 different items. If we agree, if we're vibing on it, we say puff. And if it's not our thing, if it's not our cup of tea, we say pass. Um, we might be held to to um, the reasoning why uh, we've made a choice, but uh, that's up to Adriana's uh, uh, call and that will happen. We'll only have 10 seconds to call out why we may or may not uh, puff or pass. Um, but with that, Adriana, take it away. Yeah, let's do it. And these are all cannabis related products or concepts. Don't yes. think, just respond, puff or pass, if number one. Feel free to chime in too. Vegan edibles, puff or pass? Puff. Puff. That was an easy one. Who would say no to that? Okay. Number two, a celebrity endorsement from Paris Hilton. Ugh, pass. David, I see you laughing, but I haven't heard your answer. Do I get to hang out with her? Okay. Pass. Sure. Pass. <laughs> All right. Number three, shotgunning. Pass now that COVID is a thing, but I loved a good shotgun back in my day. Mm -hmm. I'll pass on that. If it's someone you know that they're, you know, their COVID status, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> All right, number it, four. It of high school, that's for sure. If, it, if it's sanitary, if it's done in a sanitary way, we're good. Uh, number four, free weed for teachers. Puff. Puff, let's support our teachers, absolutely. They need it, right? They need a break. Free everything for our teachers, and let's start getting yes. more people sticking around instead of taking tenure. Right. Yeah. Any kind of benefits we can pass along to them. Number five, virtual smoked sesh. Puff pass. or pass? Full pass David. here. <laughs> I see you thinking, David. I'll take it. Why not? If, uh, sure, virtual, virtual sesh with the right person or people, why not? Mm -hmm. I just don't need one more reason to be in front of a screen on my day. It's just, let's just all go get together and then we'll pass the duchy on the left-hand side. So, <laughs> agreed. Zoom fatigue can apply even to smoking weed. All right. Number six, the D.A.R.E. program. Pass. I, the idea has its place, but, but its execution is more than poor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. C couldn't agree more. That's why it failed. So, so yes, do we need a program to educate our youth on cannabis and, and other drugs? Absolutely. The way it was uh, executed um, is terrible. And that's why it failed. Yeah. It was basically like, if you do drugs, and they wouldn't even say what the drug was, if you do drugs, you'll become an expert. Or... All right. Number Every seven. Ashtrays, puff or pass? Indoor, I should puff. mention. I should qualify that. Indoor ashtrays. I actually have a lovely collection of mid-century modern ashtrays that I, I rather cherish. Um, so I, I'm going to puff on that. Okay. Likewise, my Jonathan Adler collection, oops, is, is standing. <laughs> I am surprised by that. I thought I would get a pass from both of you on that one. Okay, no, I'm, a, I'm a bad cannabis person. I smoke tobacco too. I know it's horrible, but yeah. Oof. Oh. Know, don't worry. I hate myself enough for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll refrain from passing judgment on you. All right. Number eight, dispensaries offering wedding registries. Puff or pass? 
I actually have to think about this one. You know what? what? You think, I, I, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on. Let's let's keep a few things traditional. Let's, let's get you let's that, that that for a minute. Let's get you that good china you're never going to use and is going to sit in the box in the attic until you're gone. Um, let, let's stick that way. Wow. I go the I go the other way, although I do have a caveat, which is the couple that's getting married are both 21 and over, right? So, okay. so there's Fair that. Point. Um, but sure, why not? I mean, think about think about perhaps how cannabis might um, might bring a couple more together um, than that dusty old china set that's sitting in uh, or silver set that's sitting in the living room somewhere. Nobody so, wants a Keurig, okay? I say, I say puff. All right. We got one puff and one pass. All right, number nine, tobacco companies investing in cannabis. Pass. I know it's inevitable. So, um, God, I, I, I don't want to say puff, but it's one step closer toward normalization and regulation and where we need to get. It's just, it's just part of it. So I'll, I'll, I'll say hesitantly, I will say puff. Interesting. Divisive. Okay. Um, audience, chime in and let us know if you agree with this or not. Don't hate me for that audience. Number 10, tourism, some tours of Murder Mountain. Puff or pass? First reaction. Pass. Yeah. Love tourism, hate murder, or dislike, <laughs> dislike murder. It's, a, um, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pass. Okay, got a consensus on that one. We have two left. Next one, infused beef jerky, puff or pass? Puff, definitely. I love my cured and smoked meats more than anything in the world. With a good cheese and a cracker, I'm there. Nice, I love it. Such enthusiasm. Is it gluten-free? Um, I'll try it, sure. Puff. Okay, all right. We have a couple of beef jerky fans. And then last one, puff or pass, the word strain. I see a lot of I'll, thinking and not a lot of responding. I'm going to pass because I feel that the, the science of it and where we are genetically and what it, it's not really, I like coming back to that truth or that, that fact component and, mm -hmm. and strains getting a little gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let's step it up. Let's step it up. I'll, I'll pass on, on the word strain and, and hope to use the word cultivar or some other um, more appropriate word. All right, you heard it here. Strain is out, cultivar is in. <laughs> Changing hearts and minds and branding Bud Life. The new word for 2023 of the Oxford English Dictionary, right? I think we only really have time left for one more question for time. So do you wanna uh, throw one out there, David? I do. Um, uh, and, and I know I'm the author of a book, so, so I don't mean it in, in any way along, um, along the lines of my book, but would you recommend a book or a movie or an experience or just something that you have experienced that you feel would benefit our listeners in the cannabis industry? So in, in prep, I thought of a book, but now I kind of want to talk about an experience. So I think that everyone should just read in general, the Kabbalion, um, you know, a very ancient piece of like a cult type, but it just really, it's a nice check-in on what reality is. 
Um, and as far as experience, I, I, as somebody that is from a very small town like Boonville that went out and has bopped across all over the place since, I, I can't emphasize to anybody, whether you're a cannabis entrepreneur or just um, somebody that's working cannabis or just a human being in general, just go someplace else, step out of your comfort zone, have those experiences, go to the place that makes you want to cringe a little bit or that you think that you would never dare go to, to just push your comfort levels. Um, Cause everybody's uncomfortable right now and we, we need to all get over it and, and start getting on a pace together. So that's, that's my experience portion, but read, read the Kabbalion. It's, it's very prophetic. How do you spell that? I'm writing it down. K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. Awesome. Thank I you. I believe it's, it's based on like the, the hermetic principles, um, like ancient Egypt uh, and ancient Greece. So it's, and it, it's all about the, the focus of what is reality and really kind of Ooh. bring that into. You know, and, and I love that because uh, <clears throat> that touches upon a lot of what I've been thinking and talking about lately, which is, um, the death of curiosity, you know, that, that nobody travels anymore. Nobody is curious about new things. Nobody even in a disagreement, nobody even says, help me understand why you're thinking what you're thinking. You know, now it's just a quick shut off. It's a quick, no, it's a quick, we're different. And I, and I think we could do better um, in our industry and we could do better uh, uh, amongst ourselves. That said, um, that we have run out of time for for our show today uh, 45 minutes goes really quick when we've got great people with great experience that we could talk about uh not only cannabis but uh life in general so time I, I feel like we solved all the world problems today i think, I think we're good to go <laughs> we put a dent to them at least that's right we did well time thank you for joining us we we truly appreciate uh your time sorry and um and uh thank you and we look forward to uh, seeing some of the great things you're working on and uh, continuing to stay in touch. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Well, that's, as we just said, that's uh, it pretty much for our show today. We've got some great shows coming up. Um, next week, we've got Jason McHugh from uh, Califari. Califari is uh, a California-based company doing amazing things. Um, across a whole line of products, everything from flower and, and cannabis all the way through to um, apparel and NFTs and posters. Uh, they've done, done some great things, uh, charity uh, programs recently. So we're going to be talking about um, art and the overlap of art and cannabis and, and how uh, that uh, comes to form lifestyle and we'll be speaking with Jason McHugh next week. And we're super excited about that. Um, lastly, we have a link in the chat so you can register for next week's episode. Yep. And one last thing, I just want to throw a shout out to the ArcView group. They had an amazing show, an amazing event last week in Miami. They're going to do another one early next year in San Diego. Um, so I just uh, would encourage everybody to take a look at ArcView and what they're doing, what they're offering to the industry and uh, take, a, take a look because it's important. Um, that's it for today. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for participating. Adriana, thank you so much. Time, thank you. And to our team behind the scenes, thank you very much. Have a great week and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye.